Welcome to episode three of the Unnamed Adventures podcast. Today we are joined by the founders of Outdoor Explorer. They offer the best in wilderness adventures, including guided hikes in British Columbia and trekking vacations in Nepal. They pride themselves in providing an authentic, inspiring Canadian wilderness adventure for small groups, families, and couples, along with epic Himalayan adventures among the highest mountains in the world. Join us as we talk with Drew and John. So before we start off today's episode, we just want to kind of give you guys an update of what's going on this week. Uh, Been kind of a whirlwind of a week. Um, You know, we just closed on our house yesterday just so we could uh, really try to beat the snowstorm. Yeah, we're supposed to get anywhere from a 7 to 17 inches as of today. Yesterday, the prediction was between 12 to 22 inches. So we don't really know what we're getting, but as of this morning, they're saying uh, potentially the electricity is going to go out. So we put extra water aside and we're actually at my parents' place and we're about a 45 minutes to an hour from Rapid City. And so we decided not to go into work today uh, in case they close I-90 because then we would be trapped in Rapid with nowhere to stay. So I'm sure we could find, you know. Yeah, and they actually closed down my, my current employer too right now, so... No biggie on that behalf, so it was nice to kind of have the impromptu day off uh, today, so we're able to record the podcast and uh, see the snow flurries kind of start out of uh, out here in the country. Yeah, but we wanted to backtrack a little bit about uh, how our week went last week. Uh, there was another snowstorm that was supposed to come in, and uh, last Thursday as we were driving home from work, I was like, we should move tonight. There's going to be... 60 miles an hour winds and snow and we should really you know move or it was supposed to be like up to 10 inches of snow and you know those u-haul trucks are just not drive don't drive well they're super boxy their tires aren't good so jake was a good sport and yeah i came in from work and you know at 6 30 because that was my late shift to work that night and you know came in and picked up the the u-haul and uh started loading it up uh, we had pretty much had everything loaded up um so we just kind of took it in stride and you know moved till about one o'clock in the morning uh that night and then you know had to get our butts out of bed and into work the next day well we um, had one more load we had to do so we had to get up like at 6 a.m bring out the kayak and the bikes to the storage unit and then rearrange a little bit go back into town drop off a u-haul get ready for work so all the logistics of all this, uh, it adds a lot of, a, a totally different dimension when you're prepping for a through hike and you have to sell your house and move all your stuff and get rid of everything. Well, we got rid of most of our furniture. Yeah, having a bunch of different piles for um, like RV pile, through hike pile, long-term storage, you know, what are we going to need? What are we going to use? Uh, so really just kind of minimizing our life. Um, well, in the clothes part of us, that was what we did on, um, I think it was, that was Saturday. My mom was so cute. She's like, oh, come on down. You think seven will work for dinner, making steaks and grilled mushrooms and yummy dinner. And we're like, I mean, we think maybe we're not sure. You know, so we told her that we'd let her know by like six. And I think this was at four at the time. And we did a call, but it ended up, we didn't even end up getting there. It's like 9.30 at night just because everything took so much longer. And I was surprised at how long it took 
to figure out what clothes to pack and what not to pack, what we could potentially need when we're, um, you know, traveling around, doing everything when we're done with our through hike. I mean, clothes for the through hike, we don't have <laughs> that much outdoor clothing. So we have all that in our, like, uh, box that we need. We have our kind of warm stuff with us. Uh, for the, when we start and then Jake's mom will send us our summer stuff but other than that we don't have a ton it was more like for the RV and then what about these overalls what if you have to fix something underneath the truck and ah oh, so it took forever so once that was done we just cleaned the house so it was nice cleaned the house then went back to the storage unit repacked everything well not the entire thing but a decent part of it just to, so for ease of access of getting in and out of what we needed or what we think we need it's you know, beautifully organized in there, though. <laughs> yeah, it was a giant game of Tetris, needless to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so then on Sunday, that's what kind of we finished up with as well. And that was pretty much our weekend. <laughs> yeah, nonstop moving. So yeah. hey, and, at least, it, you know, we had really good weather, you know, all the way till now. Oh, yeah. Well, and then we had an issue that came up that we uh, we were out on Saturday. We were going to quick go to the um, DMV kiosk and get um, our vehicle registered for the next year. So it was all set for when it's sitting, you know, Amicola State Park in the long-term parking that's all ready to go. Well, can't renew your registration um, uh, any earlier than 90 days. Well, 90 days is April 1, which is when right around like when we're looking to start. And so there's no way to get the registration tags to us before we start for the vehicle. Because since, you know, we'll be especially driving, you know, for however many days. And so we ended up deciding, we got it figured out. We called the state park. We said, they said that we would, they would let us send our registration tabs in, you know, a few weeks early before we end. So the tabs will stay at my parents' house in our box of all the mail that we get when we're gone, which we did change everything to e-bill and, and whatnot. We really shouldn't have, uh, cause we don't really have any utility bills or anything like that besides our phone which of course is, you know, coming in via email. Um, but the miscellaneous stuff that we'll be getting, my mom was nice enough to uh, keep tabs on all that stuff. And, <laughs> but it's crazy just the logistics too, because we have some uh, refunds coming back to us from our utilities and um, from selling the house, you know. So we got you know the, an escrow, the, the bill escrow and... insurance, you know, all those type of bills. You know, making sure that they're sending it the right right place and yeah and then have having mom go to the bank and deposit the checks for us and we won't be able to physically have them and it's just really interesting all the stuff you have to do that you don't think about yeah and uh you know so now we're uh at amy's parents uh they get an apartment and you know that's where we're we're at right now and you know we're just trying to get all of our gear ready yeah we tried to find a place to stay in rapid because like i said it was about a 45 minute to an hour drive from my parents to Rapid City where we work. And it is so impossible because of our two dogs. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not just that you're staying in a hotel, which it like the, almost doubles the price of the hotel because you have a dog, like two dogs because they charge per dog. But then also, what do you do with them during the day? And what if they're barking or being disruptive or you don't want someone to come into the room like a housekeeper or something and potentially take your dog? And so we ended up, you know, my parents ended up being generous enough to, to let us stay here with our babies. And of course they're spoiling them rotten while we're at work. So it worked out well. Yeah. And then they also got, you know, a couple other dogs, which is nice. So they're able to kind of run in a pack and burn some much burnt up energy, uh, that they need to get rid of. 
because yeah. with the moving, they haven't got as much of exercise as they typically have. So it's good for them to be able to, to run and uh, get rid of that annoying energy that they have from being cooped up all day and when we're just kind of going packing nonstop yeah. um, on there. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that we did been doing is just kind of getting our gear finalized before we go. Uh, one of the things that we didn't want to do when we were in our uh, house we just sold uh, was actually spray our gear in the house because we don't have the garage we had was actually like an attached one stall that had been converted into like a little workshop. So we didn't want it to have a smell or anything when that final walkthrough happened. We didn't want like any potential issues to happen um, for closing. So we held off doing our waterproofing and uh, permethrin spray for that insect repellent until we got to my parents' place because they have a nice big garage. So we was able to do that. We ended up spraying first the Nick Wax which was a Teton Gear Solar Proof. Uh, essentially, it's just like a spray-on waterproofing. And I actually got some on my hands, and I went to go wash my hands, and it had like kind of this oily kind of feel. And I'm like, oh, this is must what it does. It, it does this coating on your gear, and it just beads up the water. And you're supposed to, if there's pooling of any of the spray, you're supposed to wipe it with a damp rag. So I did that. And I'm like, okay, cool. So it's getting in those spots that maybe the spray didn't get on. So it's kind of cool to see like, this is what this does. And then it made me think about, you know, the Nick wax we use uh, when we put it in the wash and how that waterproofing um, happens. Uh, you know, it's the same sort of principle, except this is just like a spray on. So it worked pretty good. And the nice thing is we can apply that again if we need to, you know, in a couple months, it, it lasts for a while. Um, if we're noticing our gears and beating up that water, we can easily just go buy some on the trail when we get into town and, and get some more. And the next thing that we did as well, we, we sprayed the Sawyer insect repellent, uh, which is for treatment and clothing gear and tents. And it's an odorless permethrin, um, which you like. And, you know, some bottles say, oh, it doesn't have a smell. And it has a smell. This actually didn't have a smell, which was <laughs> nice that it didn't smell up our gear or the garage. Or didn't, like, you know, uh, the smell didn't, like, make me have to, you know, get a headache or something. I know that's happened before sometimes with different type of products you use. But that didn't happen with this, which was nice. Um, there's actually two different types. Actually, they have three different types of permethrin that you can use. This is specifically for the clothing gear intense. And then we have like a lotion that we can use like on our skin and stuff. But um, it said like on the bottle for this, like make sure to not put it on on any interior clothing you have, like your long johns or underwear. You don't want anything that's going to touch your body for this specific type. They have uh, some other ones that you can put on with, uh, you know, where you'd it'd be touching your skin. Yeah. And really just this uh, this week and next week, it's really not that I got the house behind us. Uh, is really just prepping all of our gear, making sure everything's dialed in to what what we need to have and ready for the trip. I mean, we're getting down the wire here. I so. can't believe it. Well, and my parents are throwing us a going away party on a Friday, which is fun. So we get to see our friends and family. My sister and her husband that are, live in Minneapolis are flying in. And so that'll be fun. And then, of course, we're going to drive over and see Jake's parents before we go. So we'll be able to see most of our family before we leave. Yeah, so that's awesome that we're going to be able to do that in the final hoorah. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. So let's start talking with uh, John Gill and uh, Drew Copeland from Outdoor Explorer. Outdoor Explorer was established in 2015, and their vision is to provide safe and sustainable wilderness adventures to everyone, regardless of their fitness, age, or experience level. They also promote ethical exploration, 
provide education and responsible mountain travel, and have fun exploring the wild. John Gill is the co-founder, trekking guide, and head of operations of Outdoor Explorer. John moved to Vancouver from England in 2014. He has built a comprehensive portfolio of treks and climbs in British Columbia, as well as numerous trips to Nepal. He guides treks in the BC and Nepal, as well as overseeing the guiding operations of the company. Drew Copeland is the co-founder, guide, head of business development of Outdoor Explorer. Drew is originally from Ontario and moved to British Columbia to satisfy his urge to climb mountains. He's worked throughout Canada as a canoe guide and has spent many years working in the outdoor industry. Drew guides in British Columbia and is in charge of business development and marketing for the company. Welcome, uh, John and Drew, to the Unnamed Adventures podcast. Uh, you guys, two are both our, our first guests. Welcome. So welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us. So uh, before starting guiding, how did you guys get into trekking, climbing? You know, was that through your family, friends, you, something you just grew up with or by movie? Like I, I got into it via my dad said, Hey, you got, you got to watch Jeremiah Johnson, a uh, good old cult classic movie. <laughs> and that's kind of what got me into the, the mountain scene. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I started when I was a kid. Um, just went on like family hiking and new trips and kind of carried that through into adulthood and I worked at a few jobs in Ontario in Canada um, at uh, like summer camps and uh, canoeing programs and then moved out west to British Columbia and worked at a kids camp that has kind of an outdoor component and that's where um, John and I met and then started um, started outdoor explorer after that so in a in a in a quick nutshell, that's that's um kind of my path through the the guiding realm. Yeah, and I was kind of similar. Um, my my dad was always into the outdoors, like caving, uh, caving, climbing, hiking, that kind of stuff. So I grew up with it. Um, and then went through the scouts and air cadets. Um, and then yeah, met Drew 2011 at the summer camp in Squamish, which is like an hour's drive north of Vancouver, which is now where Drew lives. Um. And uh, yeah, I think uh, moved back here in 2014, back to Vancouver, and we've been climbing and hiking and everything uh, together ever since. And started Outdoor Explore three years ago, I think it was, um, you know, because we both kind of shared the love of going outdoors and uh, we've both been guiding for other companies and we wanted to, you know, guide for ourselves and, and do our own trips. What made you guys to finally decide to start your own business? Uh, you know, I think it's probably similar to uh, why anybody starts a, a business because they they see flaws in how everyone else is doing it and you kind of want to perfect it and do it your own way. But then you realize, oh, it's a lot harder than, uh, <laughs> than that. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I love the exploration side of things. So I love to go out to places where no one else is going and, find new trekking routes and you know that kind of thing so that was my my main personal reason was because I wanted to I wanted to be in control of where we went and design the trips myself um I suppose yeah. maybe some similar uh sentiment as to why you guys are doing what you're doing um just like a love of getting out there mm -hmm. I think we both found like love in 
going outside and spent sharing that experience with others. And so we wanted to sort of like come up with a way where we could, you know, earn money to um, earn money and have a way to live. Um, but while, while kind of like sharing some of the experiences that we've had in the, in the hills with other people. No, that's awesome. You know, to be able to do what you love on a everyday basis. I mean, that that's awesome. That's why we're excited for our journey to, to kind of kick it off with the, with the AT hike um, and really oh, kind of go for it. Well, I'm really yeah. excited about all the people that we're going to meet and the connections we're going to make. I mean, even just getting connected with you guys, you know, I mean, gosh, we found you through a, a Google search where you're like searching sponsorship things and like, what can we look for? And then came across your guys' site and we're like, oh, this is really cool. And like trekking and climbing in Nepal, Himalayas, this is amazing. And then when we got the email back from you guys, like we were super excited to talk with you, Drew, on the phone. And then I just got our juices flowing for ideas. And so we're actually really um, happy to have you guys on the podcast and, and to hear more about, you know, your guys' experience um, with what you do. Cause it's, I know for my background, it's super different than what I'm familiar with. So it's, it's really interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I was say, uh, what's your favorite guiding service that you guys provide for your clients? Is it, you know, those longer treks or just weekend getaways? Uh, you know, just checking out your website, you guys got quite a bit of, you know, different things that you guys do. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think we just mentioned it before, but I guess for me, it's less about like the hard experience these days and more about like meeting, meeting really interesting people so yeah i just last summer i had a really great trip on the powell lakes canoe circuit with a really um a really humble and hilarious british couple uh who came over to canada and had just got married and we went on this this lovely trip um with a third uh, uh third client and um yeah it just we just like connected and had a really great time so um just that kind of kind of thing is sort of what I really like but yeah I mean tough to tough to answer that one like getting high up into the alpine or or paddling down or paddling down on a beautiful lake is or both kind of great great uh experience what about you John yeah I, I'd kind of say similar kind of thing it's 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 definitely the people I think a lot of the time that make the trip enjoyable um you know we we had some great clients last year some some great trips um you know if it would be a completely different ball game if we were out there with, um, uh, you know, uh, it, with a group where it was a lot more challenging. But, uh, you know, we've had we've been lucky enough to have amazing clients. They've all been pretty fit. They've all been able to, you know, get, allow us to plan like really cool trips for them um, because they've had a, like a decent fitness level, that kind of thing. So that's been really good for us. Um, my I, personal preference in terms of like if I had to choose a trip that I like the most I'd say for me it's the Nepal trips just because I have a, mm -hmm. a deep love for Nepal um but you know BC is incredible so I'm definitely not <laughs> I'm spoiled I guess <laughs> <laughs> so when you're out guiding what is your guys's nutrition of choice uh yeah so um we have partnered with a company here in Vancouver called Nomad Nutrition. 
uh, they, we use their food packs for all of our evening meals. Um, either they're, they're like a dehydrated meal, but they're probably the best on the market in my mind. Anyway, they're kind of vegan, non-GMO allergy friendly. So good for anybody. Um, they're also the, they have the highest calorie to weight ratio. So for those who are like worried about every gram that they carry, these are kind of the best out there. Um, you know, and the, the guy who owns the company, Dennis, uh, lives in Vancouver. I've met him a bunch of times. He's a really nice guy. So, you know, it's, and he it's just got engaged, the, didn't he? They did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> over in Russia, I think. Uh, awesome. so yeah, it's, it's awesome to be able to. Dennis. to <laughs> Pardon? I said, congratulations, Dennis. We actually follow yeah. <laughs> him on social media and, uh, saw his engagement photos and that's always so exciting. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> no they're 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 awesome and uh you know it's amazing to be able to support a local brand as well and i feel like we're we've grown together a little bit as well uh which is nice um so yeah we on all of our trips we use their their food packs for evening meals it makes things um easy and it's also like really good food as well um so by default i just use them even for personal trips now as well uh, yeah that that's awesome that's one of the the hardest things that we found on the, for planning our trip, um, you know, for our through hike is the nutrition aspect, you know, what can you get your most bang for your buck for nutrients tastes good and, um, you know, keeping you upright on, on the track. Yeah, for sure. Like even for us, um, the food is always the hardest part, uh, or the bit that takes the most, uh, planning and everything, you know, they're trying to work out, calories per person per day and you know all that kind of stuff who's going to carry what and yeah it's it's I, I find that's the most challenging part uh for sure so this is one of my favorite questions that i, th I thought up when we we're getting ready for this interview is what is your most epic adventure you guys have ever done whether you know together or separate, independently <laughs> oh gosh uh <laughs> a loaded question again <laughs> <laughs> the first one that comes to mind for me is we went to go uh, just a personal trip um with a third friend uh jordan and we went to go we were like oh we should try and climb a mountain that's never been climbed in british columbia um and most of them have never been climbed for like a pretty good reason you know like <laughs> they're like absurdly far driving and then hiking uh like just away from the road or whatever you some of them have or like you'd hike for like a week just to arrive at the like the base of the peak kind of thing or because they're in like you know really terrible devil's club swampy forest or something so we went on this we went and sleuth on the internet and we found this list of unclimbed peaks and then we thought it'd be a good idea to go up there and try and climb this thing that we found near Terrace, which is kind of in the middle of the province and is called Mount Priestley. So we went on this really kind of wild uh, goose chase full of adventure and misadventure. And eventually we did like kind of attain our goal, so to speak, but you know, it was, it was full of trials and tribulations without, <laughs> without getting too far into it. So that's one of the most wild adventures I've ever been on uh, in the hills without a doubt for sure yeah 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 I'd, I'd say the same for me as well i think that's the one that uh 
it take it ticked every box you know they there was no information about the mountain anywhere like the only photos that we had were kind of from the wrong side uh we literally just had google earth and that was it no information at all um so all the planning and everything we had to do ourselves there's no we couldn't just google it um you know so it was like it's true exploration true adventure you know and uh despite the horrendous mosquito infested forests and you know <laughs> hours and hours of bushwhacking with a heavy pack and you know 36 hours in a tent through a blizzard and all the rest of it it was probably the most incredible <laughs> adventure that I've ever had. and you survived to tell a tale apparently yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely awesome I, I, I can just hear the wheel spinning here guys's head of all the little things i'm just imagining some of our trips that we've had and you know knocking all those different boxes off that it's like okay yep been there done that experience yeah. that people you can't explain it to people um they just got to experience it themselves yeah exactly you can't you can't explain the suffer you just have to be able to relate to it somehow <laughs> <laughs> so uh i guess what advice would you give someone just starting out in the industry you know looking to get into you know being guides and you know really the outdoor industry in general do they need like certifications or training uh, tough to say there's there's i guess there's a there's so many different paths that you could go down if you want to be like an outdoor professional so to speak um from really uh educational focused guiding to more hard like if you're a, a member of the um association of canadian mountain guides it's it's like a greater emphasis on hard skills and sort of a bunch of paths in between. But um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a varied, varied thing. For sure, you have to like working with people, despite it having the image of, you know, this kind of like uh, mountain master um, in many ways. The guiding role is sort of portrayed as someone who's really attuned to nature and spends a lot of time outside. And yeah, that's kind of important, but I'd say it's actually often more about, you know, dealing with people and having a group of people and kind of like working with them and um, facilitating their experience as much as you you getting out there yourself and kind of doing this whole guiding thing. So that's my, my two bits on, on that question. Tough question. Yeah, we've, we've kind of joked about this before as well, about how we're friends for hire. Um, you know, we can also <laughs> take you hiking. Uh, but it's kind of true, you know, like the our our role is to you know be be enjoy like make the trip enjoyable for the person and you know we, we yeah that's the i would say the main importance of the the guide is to you know be pleasant and be friendly and everything have a really good knowledge of the area that kind of thing and then like all the hard skills and all of the uh the courses and the first aid things you know they're things you can learn but um you know you have to be in it for the right reason like like you said there but um yeah the, the, you know the you, you mentioned um qualifications you know wellness first aid and things like that are definitely important as well but there's so many different branches it depends what you want to do so how did you guys get connected into the himalayas i mean you're out of vancouver isn't that <laughs> a far way away <laughs> it is the other side of the world yeah um that one's kind of that's, you, yeah. that's my <laughs> that's my baby um <clears throat> yeah i i went there in 2011 
for the first time. I think I've been five times now. Um, and it's just been a, the first time I went, I, I was blown away by it. And then I wanted to go again and then I wanted to go again. And it just kind of keeps drawing me back. And um, I have a really good friend over there, uh, Namgyur Sherpa, who he has his own company and we ended up partnering together. So uh, we kind of, we try and find the, the clients and organize the, the, the trip and do all that side of things. And he does the, the hard logistics in Nepal because you kind of have to speak Nepali and have all the right contacts and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, he, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. We, we, we tried to, we've organized like a bunch of different things. We did an Everest high passes trek last year, which went really well. And, uh, we have another one coming up next year, uh, an even bigger one. So yeah, we're, we're trying to do a lot of things. It's, it's, it's a kind of a personal passion of mine to, to try and promote tourism in Nepal because I, you know, I think they're, it's a beautiful country and, support wow that's that's unreal um I, I guess like what's the craziest thing that you've guys experienced any injuries i mean the last story was pretty <laughs> I, I can only imagine you know what you guys went through but i guess any near injuries any anything exciting that you've came across i mean besides you know the gorgeous scenery near-death experiences you know <laughs> that sort of thing <laughs> I think I'd be pretty lucky. I don't know. I don't. I can't think of. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got one. I got one. Uh, so we went out to climb this thing, which is has kind of a dubious name. It's called the Widowmaker Arete. It's on the backside of this mountain in on in North Vancouver. Um, so you go to Grouse Mountain, you take the gondola, and then you hike for a while, and then you drop into this basin, and then you climb back out of it, um, but kind of on like a, a rocky uh, ridge. It's like a it's a rock climbing route. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of popular in this area, but it's actually not that popular, but you know, it probably gets done you know, 50 times a year or something. So anyway, John and I were like, oh yeah, well, let's go climb this route it looked kind of cool so we set out at night um and we're going to camp near the base of the route and then climb it the next day and on our way out we were hiking out at nighttime with headlamps um and we ran into these two fellows and they had they one of them was holding uh were they both holding two of them had they had two skateboards right yeah <laughs> yeah and they were all they looked like they looked haggard uh, yeah <laughs> And they're just like, oh, like, do you have any water? As <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I don't want to like make fun of their misfortune or anything, but um, it was there was like a certain dark humor, I suppose, because they had hiked, they had hiked all the way up and around. Must be like twenty kilometers or so. Yeah. With with just skateboards, nothing else. Yeah, they had they were totally <laughs> unprepared. They they were totally unprepared. They had just like t-shirts and they had no food or water or anything, and they just had their skateboards. And I don't know how they thought that that was like a good course of action but anyways we like ran into these guys so we gave them a bit of water and like went on our way um and they were they were like nearly back to the to the gondola anyhow so i don't know just uh just a story that kind of sticks with me of like things that went, that went a bit sour for these guys they just didn't have a very good plan i guess yeah, mm, yeah they were kind of lucky yeah wow <laughs> yeah it's amazing the goodwill of other people that helps you know, those people that didn't know to plan ahead or didn't think about it or didn't know the trail was going to be that long. Um, we actually did our wilderness first aid 
uh, course here a few weekends ago before we left because one we wanted to be um, more comfortable if something did happen to us but also if we came across someone that needed help you know so yeah, it's our first time taking the course, you know, and I'm sure we only retain so much of it. But, you know, I feel a lot more comfortable than if I hadn't have taken it at all. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're really good courses as well. Like Drew and I both did our wilderness first responder together. And, uh, you know, we came out of that course feeling almost like the, the people that we've met were like family now because you go through some pretty tough situations and you have to deal with them with the team. Like, you know, you, you bond really well together. So yeah, it was. I, I definitely recommend for anybody who goes out into the mountains to do one of the either the you know one of the longer first aid courses, the forty or the eighty hour one, because they teach you so much. And you know those those are skills that you one day, you know, hopefully not, but one day you'll probably need them, and uh, you know, it could save your life. Absolutely. Well, it's better to be prepared than wish you had done something. You know, yeah. in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> So what's next for you guys? You know, you have all these cool guiding trips, you know, on the Yukon and I mean, all these cool things. Do you guys have some plans for um, expanding or what are your kind of thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, it's like we're a small business, so it's always kind of like one step at a time. But we are moving to expand the business this summer and yeah, just provide a lot of really good trips. I, I don't know. We, we have lots of ideas and um, kind of hard to fit them all in, you know? So we, we're just, I guess we're, yeah, just, just taking it this summer and seeing what else comes. I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, new, new areas, I think, is a, a, a big one. Just uh, trying to find, the big thing for us is, is trying to escape people uh, to give that true sense of wilderness. So it's always trying mm-hmm. to find new areas that uh, we can take clients for multiple days. Let's say like four or five day trek or canoe trip or something where we can hopefully not see anybody else, which is something that you is really, really rare these days. You know, if you think of the Alps, they're just swamped with people. And, and even here in like Squamish, Whistler, Vancouver, there's, thousands of people uh through the summer so to be able to offer that opportunity to go into the wilderness and not see anyone is like is super rare so um yeah hopefully you know that that's i think my big goal this summer is to try and run more of those trips where we can do that how far do you have to drive out when you do your guides locally you know like your canoe trips and you know what you're talking about to get that real wilderness how far do you have to drive out with your clients from vancouver to get that experience surprisingly not very far uh i'd say two or three hours uh maybe maybe a little bit more something like that but uh you just gotta know where to go uh (laughs) or have more time that's the main thing you know within a day's walk of the highway uh you're probably going to meet some other people but if you have a few days uh you can you can get away it's out there that's awesome that's awesome i can't wait till we can pop up and uh, come visit you guys yeah yeah we'd love to show you around and, and you know show you the west coast mountains the wilderness when Heck you, yeah. uh, what's your itinerary for your trip uh so we're gonna start early april and uh probably take about five and a half months you know we don't have any real time frame you know to complete or anything we'll just kind of hike what the trail gives us and, you know, make, we're taking one of our dogs, uh, Sammy on the trip. So we want to make sure that he's, uh, 
you know, all good to go with his paws and getting him in shape and, you know, trail ready as much as he can be, you know, for it. So. Well, and what you guys were mentioning about, you know, getting away into quote unquote real wilderness, <laughs> we know that the Appalachian trail has a lot of people and we're actually going during the bubble, which is essentially when the prime time is that through hikers go. Um, but, you know, with our timeline, with finishing up work and selling the house and, you know, all that stuff, that's when worked with our schedule. But uh, we're actually thinking about doing the Triple Crown, which is the Continental Divide Trail and the Pacific Trail, Crest Trail, in addition oh, to that. <laughs> no way. Yeah, we're like, that'd be so cool. And the, I, the Continental Divide is the most remote. And I'm nervous about that one because of all the grizzly bears. <laughs> but <laughs> it will be a good intro because, you know, in the safety-wise, there is – you know, there's people there. There's towns every three to six days. And, um, you know, we're going to bring a spot because there's going to be so many people. But that's a negative, too, because, you know, you don't have that um, remoteness that we actually are used to. And a lot of the stuff that we do, we actually do get away, which we, you know, like that. So it'll be an interesting adventure. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like you said earlier, you'll meet a lot of really cool people as well. Everyone's in oh, yeah. reason, I guess. But it, it does beat 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 being behind a desk any day of the week. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm for sure done being a desk jockey. So, Absolutely. Um, you know. But in regards to timeline, so we're gonna finish up the AT. We think in uh, end of September, beginning of October, we're gonna head back to South Dakota, and uh, we're either gonna get a, a van, a trailer, or an RV. We're not sure yet, but we got six plus months to figure it out. <laughs> And then we were thinking about maybe uh, getting a seasonal job with like ski resort or camp posts somewhere warm or something like that. And then uh, maybe uh, trying to be guides up in Alaska for a season next summer. Or I don't know. We There's so many opportunities. The biggest thing, if, if you're willing to work, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So I guess if one of our listeners was interested in working with you guys, what sort of experience would they need to have or how would they apply? You know, what about people outside of uh, Canada? Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of this recently. Um, we're actually just about to uh, start reaching out to try and find guides for the summer um, because, uh, yeah, we, we, we need like a decently sized roster of guys to be able to call on. Um, I think one of the big things uh, is kind of a, a, a knowledge of the, this area because of the style of trips that we do. Um, you know, they are fairly wild and remote um, and having a, a decent knowledge of the mountains in this area is definitely useful. That being said, if you're, if you have, if you're an experienced guide already, you know, that kind of stuff can be, uh, you know, those skills do transfer into, you know, different kinds of different areas. Um, but yeah, as a minimum, absolute minimum, we ask for a wilderness um, advanced first aid or a wilderness first responder is ideal. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know, a, a guiding experience, like prior guiding experience, knowledge of the area, that kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, like the, the our website has all the information to in order to get in touch with us. And um, yeah, we're looking for people at the moment. Perfect. That's awesome. So is there anything that we didn't touch on that you really want our listeners to know? Um, I guess, I mean, I'll just plug our, like, our quintessential sort of, like, marketing uh, <laughs> spiel briefly. It's, um, 
yeah like i mentioned earlier like both our company is about like um kind of like facilitating experiences for other people so we had a lot of we have and continue to have a lot of joy by just going outside and and um yeah trying to get into wild places and so if that's the kind of experience that um you're looking for and you're coming to vancouver or you already live here or um you're just interested in that kind of thing then that's that's what we're aiming to provide so um yeah feel free to get in touch yeah and uh another thing as well we uh a lot of the stuff we do is pretty custom uh you know so what we have on the website is kind of an overview of the style of trips that we run but most of the trips that we ran last year were custom trips so you know it's uh we can do any number of days uh you know a varying number of people like that kind of thing so you know if you have a look at the site and it doesn't quite fit in with what you're looking for just get in touch with us anyway because we love doing the custom trips. Uh, you know, it allows us to also be creative and take people to really cool places that we wouldn't usually get to take people to. So, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty flexible. Uh, That's awesome. Also, thanks for um, having us on your podcast. And yeah. I hope that you guys have an incredible next six months. And I look forward to listening to some of your um, adventures in the hills. Oh, thank you. Heck yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, I guess one last quick question for you. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, the best place is through the website. Um, you know, we, we have a contact form on there. We also have our email address on there. The website is outdoor-explore.com. Unfortunately, the one with the dash, without the dash was already gone. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> or outdoorexplore.ca without the dash, a little confusing. So we'll, uh, we'll stick with the original outdoor-explore.com. Perfect. Awesome guys. Well, we appreciate your time. Uh, and thanks for joining us being our first guest and, you know, going through the, the technical glitches with us and, uh, we appreciate your patience. <laughs> oh, our pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's really good talking to you and the best of luck on your trip as well. We're excited to uh, follow, follow you along. Oh, All thank right. you guys. Have a great night. See you guys. Bye. Cheers. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye. If you like what you've heard, just continue to listen to us. If you want to follow us another way, you can at our website at www.unnamedadventures.com or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash unnamed adventures.